listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, in this episode, we speak to our very own Mark Gardner, all about what business owners and their teams should be looking out for when managing suppliers and supply contracts in a downturn. We drill into a few risk factors and warning signs to look out for in this area, how to deal with customers with signs of insolvency and much, much more. These are all critical things to understand right now. Volatile times often expose new and enhanced risks that you should be preparing for. The sooner the better, right? So without further ado, here's our discussion with Mark. Mark, huge welcome to you on the show today. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be here, Joe. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure to have you, Mark. Um, now, such an important topic, topical obviously right now, how to manage a business in a downturn. Um, obviously, so topical at the moment because we see a, a lot of concern in the business market right at the moment. Um, and, you know, and, and a lot of signs of distress in businesses. So I think this is super critical for business owners to be aware of, not just from their own business perspective, but to be aware of what might be happening to customers and suppliers as well. That's right. We're, we're really in some uncertain times. We absolutely are, um, absolutely. And and I guess just giving it an overview, what what are some of the key areas that you think businesses should be thinking about um, in preparing themselves for this more difficult environment that we're heading into? Yeah, look, I think a business owner needs to really think about what happens in a downturn and how it might impact their business and to think about things like how will our customers behave, mm. how will our competitors react, what are our strengths? What are our challenges? Are there opportunities here? And uh, are there any things that we should be concerned about with uh, suppliers? Mm, mm. And so how do, we, how do we look at all this going forward? It's like, well, I guess a manager needs from time to time to try to step back from the day-to-day and just spend a little bit of time thinking about managing a, in an economic environment that most managers haven't seen. Uh, we had our last recession in the early, in the early 80s, so uh, sorry, early 90s, so close to 30 years ago, and um, people haven't had to deal with any of these issues. Such a good point. It really is a good point. And so so I guess starting with that thought process, how will customers behave? What should businesses be looking out for? What what are some of the risk factors? What are some of the warning signs? The the key warning sign is is payment. Hmm. Are your customers starting to pay late? Are they starting to reduce their order quantities? Are they starting to slow down their normal business cycle? And then there can be some subtler changes. Is there a high staff turnover happening in their business? Mm. Are you dealing with new people all the time? Are you dealing with fewer people on a customer side? And and it's just a matter of being aware that the, the, the customer may be experiencing some distress. 
And one of the things that I find we often see with businesses that customers that might uh, be suffering distress uh, for our clients, their customers, is identifying part payments of invoices, payments in round numbers, you know, that there's sort of um, a little bit of a red flag that there's um, that there's things going on. They're trying to manage cash flow in the business tightly, but not being able to meet uh, payments as they're due. Um, and so, what are some of the things that our clients then can be thinking about doing if they identify some customers where they feel there might be some risk as to you know future stability, solvency? I, I think the first and foremost is to understand your exposure and how important is this customer to you and start to, to think long and hard about whether or not you want to continue to supply the customer as a, as a starting point. So do I make a situation worse by staying in there and helping out the customer or do I cut my losses and, and, and say, well, I have to I have to stop supplying. And that can be a really difficult conversation to have and, and one that I think most business owners will try to avoid. But uh, you know, I think the key is to not expose your own business to the failings of, of a customer. And then I think you need to look at you know, the contractual relationship that you have with the customer. Now, what is, what is your security for payment? Um, are there guarantees in place? And um, do you have, for example, a PPSR registration? Such a good point um, that you make, Mark. I think now is the perfect time for businesses to be assessing, um, you know, what clients have on credit, whether those credit terms that they're providing are appropriate um, on an individual and on a group basis, um, you, you know, right now. So they might want to bring in their credit terms either across the board or for individual clients. Um, and whether or not they're utilising properly some of these other um, opportunities such as the personal property securities register. Absolutely. Because I, I find actually there's so many SMEs who just aren't on top of that, maybe have heard a bit about it, but just aren't, have, don't, don't have any of their clients registered. That's right. And I think typically PPSR sort of contract terms are complicated. Uh, and they're complicated because they're essentially a term of art. Lawyers have put them together to try to protect everybody. And, and if a, a customer or a supplier, for example, reading a PPSR set of terms, I think the eyes glaze over by about the second paragraph. I think so. I um, think you're right. <laughs> some, sometimes mine do as well, I have to say. Well, I wasn't going to put my hand up and say the same thing, but yes. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, but well, essentially by registering a security on the, on the register, it, it moves a, 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 a person from being an unsecured creditor to a secured creditor. So it improves the position in the event of a, a liquidation of a, of a customer. Um, so that's important. It really is important. Mm. So, you know, um, but perhaps there's even a more fundamental step, and that's to make sure you have a contract in place, mm. uh, that the contracts haven't expired, uh, mm. that the, the terms are still binding and appropriate. Mm. Uh, there hasn't been a change in, in the company that you're dealing with and you've still got a contract with the old company. Those kind of fundamentals, business health checks, which so often get overlooked because you're busy. Mm. But in matter, again, that stepping back, assessing the position and working out where do we stand with, with our customers, with our suppliers, with our staff, and how do we manage this, this uncertain period? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and I guess one other point, um, is that even though you have have been paid by your customers doesn't mean that there's not a risk 
that that could be clawed back. Maybe talk um, our listeners through how that could potentially work, Mark. Okay. Um, perhaps I'll start with a, an example um, just to, to frighten our listeners. Um, so imagine that you've been dealing with a customer. Um, you're aware that they're um, struggling financially. You've extended your terms a couple of times. You've had, you've had some conversations with them, um, but they've paid you late, perhaps underpaid you, um, but then sadly they go into liquidation. Um, and you think that's really sad, but you're relieved because at least you got paid. And then you get a letter from a liquidator which says you have received an unfair preference and all that money you've received from this customer you have to give to the liquidator. Mm. Um, that's generally not a good day. No, absolutely. I just want to add to this, like this happens all the time, you know, so don't think that this is, you, you know, something that wouldn't happen to you. It It is a regular event it happens all the time it's the what's called a relating back period so payments that are made within six months of a liquidation are subject to examination by a liquidator to determine if the party that receives the payment has received what's called an unfair preference because what what liquidators is doing is a liquidator's job, among other things, is to try to make it fair for all the creditors of a company that's gone into liquidation. And so if one company has been paid and others not, the, the, the law says, well, that can be an unfair preference. So the money goes back into the, into the pool um, by the liquidator and is used to try to treat uh, all of the creditors um, equally. Now, that's good if you haven't been paid and you might get some cents in the dollar. Um, it's really bad if you have been paid and have to give it back. Um, and as a supplier to the customer, if, if you have reasonable grounds for suspecting that the customer is in financial distress, um, that would mean that it would be a real, it would be an unfair preference claim that would be made successfully against you. So, if you've had discussions with a with a with a customer about their payment issues, that that can be of itself enough to to have you put on notice that the customer is in financial distress, and you could be subject to to a, an unfair preference claim from a liquidator. And I think it's such good timely information that we're passing out here. It's such good reminders. Um, because there's two components, I think, Mark, of what you're talking about here. First is um, is the way that you manage your discussions um, in relation to your um, your customers might be um, having difficulties in payment. So we'll talk about that in a moment. The second is in dealing with any sort of any communication you get from a liquidator where there is um, an attempt at a clawback for a preferential payment. So the, on the second point, I think the very first thing to say is don't just pay the money back, come and get legal advice quickly because <laughs> there's a way to deal with it. Um, and, you, you know, so, so I think that's the marker absolutely to run and get legal advice very quickly. Can I add a second point there? Don't ignore the letter. Don't ignore the letter. I've seen, I've, I've, I've seen that happen. Um, and then you get many months down the track. Um, the money you, the, has been received from the customer has long gone. 
um, and uh, suddenly you're looking at having to repay a, an amount of money. Um, but as you say, getting legal advice is absolutely critical. There are defences to an unfair preference claim. They can be quite technical um, and they can involve um, quite some lengthy analysis of the facts and circumstances around the supply arrangements and the payments. So getting legal advice is really important. Yeah. And, and getting legal advice earlier in the piece might be the real key there here, though, Mark. Absolutely. And hence, don't ignore the letter. Yeah. No, but I mean even before that, Mark, even when, oh, yes. you know, if, if, if your customer, you know, if you become aware of um, your, your customer having difficulties in payment of invoices, I think at that point just makes sense to, you, you know, give your legal team a call and make sure you understand, you know, anything that you should be aware of in how you're conducting those discussions about payment. That's right. That's absolutely right. And it also puts you on notice as well that there could be an issue if, if this client is really in trouble that you may have a claim. So you may not want to spend all that money you've received. Yeah, don't spend all the money you've received. I <laughs> don't like spend it. All the That's money. clever. <laughs> That's our last tip. Don't spend all the money. Don't spend all the money. Love it. That's right. Uh, what else? Are there any sort of other pointers uh, for that businesses should be thinking for about managing a downturn? Um, I think I said initially, you know, how will our customers behave? So we're talking about that. Um, how will our how will our suppliers behave? So are there issues with supply? Um, are, are the suppliers that you've got putting uh, shortening their credit terms, making life more difficult? So you know, just think about that in terms of your of your business operations, um, and look at your contracts as well. What happens if your supplier becomes insolvent? Um, what options do you have? Um, where else could you go for the you know, key 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 um, components of, of what you're selling if your suppliers aren't there. So, yeah, always always give that some thought. I love that. Build in, you know, um, a backup, backup A, backup B, backup C as well, you know. Uh, and I think if COVID showed us anything, it was, um, you know, it, and it, it showed us an exposure to supply chain that perhaps had just not been so apparent beforehand, you know. So, um that's right. I think we'd all just assumed that you know globalization was was here to stay and was unshakable. Um, and yeah, you, know, you place an order and it, it comes no matter what. And you know from from places we knew not where. Um, and then we realised that you know sometimes you know key components come from overseas and you know the, the ship's not there or the containers aren't available and suddenly everyone's got delays. Yeah, or the um, or, or the manufacturing plants have all shut down for a while. But anyway, he's hoping that doesn't happen. <laughs> that as well. <laughs> That's right. That as well. Yeah. Uh, and so, so we've talked talked about your relationships with your customers. We've talked about your relationships with with your suppliers. Um, are, are there any other business areas? I, I guess that we should be thinking about. Um, I think there's a general sort of business management focus that can come into play at this time, and that is to look at your own business operations. So, um, you know, examine your product or service lines, you know, which are the profitable ones? Where should the focus be? Now, what are your costs of doing business in each of your divisions, perhaps? Um, and, you know, if, if we're anticipating that, you know, business might downturn, um, what's the cash collection process you have in place? What's your cash position? What's your cash flow forecasting? Um, and do we, do you need to start looking at cost control now? 
because the, the time to, to look at cost control is when you start to anticipate a downturn, not after your finance guys walked into your office and said, we're running out of cash. Uh, yeah, and then we've got to go give some money back to that customer that we've had a preferential payment cloak. Um, and, and then things like, you know, are, are your staffing levels appropriate? Um, are you overstaffed in some areas which you kind of known about for some time, but everything's fine, so you don't need to? Now might be time to look at, um, you know, getting your headcount right and, and right sizing your, your, how you go about it. Um, and then, of course, um, particularly these days with, with, um, people working from home so much, um, is your office the right size? You know, do you, do you need a, such a large floor plan? Um, can you look at sharing options? Can you sublease? Can you license some space? Can you share space with, with somebody else? Um, think about cost controls before you need to. It would be probably my number one rule of business. Mm, mm, love it. And and I guess the other area as well is then to take the opportunity um, to look at your employees and your leave balances. Uh, leave leave is really important. Um I've, I've seen a number of cust- a number of clients who've, who've come to me and said, I've got an enormous amount of staff leave building up. What can we do about it? Because it's a, it's, it, it's not so much a cash flow issue, but it's certainly a liability issue on the balance sheet. Staff leave accruals and just add up. Um, you should consider whether or not you should, um, try to get that leave accrual balance down and encouraging staff to take leave. Um, most modern awards allow a direction from an employer to an employee to take leave. And if, um, if you're not covered by a modern award, you might be covered by an enterprise agreement, which has a similar provision, or maybe your employment agreements do as well. Um, you should look toward the, uh, to, to the, the requirements of that. And that is you can direct l- staff to take leave so long as their leave balance doesn't fall below six weeks. They're allowed to have up to six weeks leave accrued. And you can direct a, a, a leave to be taken if you give between eight and twelve weeks notice. So think generally about pushing pushing down that accrual, um, and then also look at your shutdown. I mean, making sure that you appropriately staff through a shutdown period. We're coming up, it seems, very quickly toward Christmas. You know, what staff do you need on on deck between that Christmas New Year period and early January when it's traditionally quieter? You know, can you can you get that staff leave balance down at that point? Such a good point because, you know, we have many clients that we work with who are moving into exit um, and it can be shocking for them at the point of exit to suddenly realise they've got this whole bank of liability sitting in their books and, you know, that has to be dealt with at sale, whether it's adjusting to the purchaser or, or um, you know, paying out the staff, I, in, but it has to be dealt with. I think it comes as a real surprise to business owners um, that their sale price of the business is going to be impacted because their staff haven't taken leave. Um, and I know, Joe, your, 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 your focus on, on assisting businesses to exit, the, the key is to think about the exit a long time before you, you want to exit. And managing staff leave is just one of those things that's so easy to overlook. It's so easy to overlook because it just sits there, you, you the accounting team may say the balance is getting a bit high and you go, yeah, okay, but it's not really costing me any money. It's just sitting there. It's a, it's one of those paper liabilities, you know, it's not really there um, until you want to sell and then suddenly it's coming out of your pocket. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
Or, you, you know, you have a number of staff leaving and at that point, you, you know, um, it's, it's something that you have to pay out then. So anyway, managing. And then it becomes a, then it becomes a cash hit. Yeah. Then it becomes a cash hit. Then it becomes a cash hit. Yeah. That's right. Mm. Well, look, Mark, I just wanted to say a huge thank you for coming on to the show today. Obviously, um, there's so many things that you've talked about that, um, are just great advice for, for businesses. But of course, it's also about having, uh, you know, a wise, a, a wise, uh, person to turn to with a steady head who can help you navigate that course. And look, thank you so much for, um, for, for giving us that well of information that I, I think, as I said before, such a timely, such a timely reminder for us to be looking at what we can all do from a business perspective. Um, a, you know, in a downturn or, or, a, anticipating that we may be entering one. Pleasure, Joe. I'm glad I share this uh, wealth of information that uh, I've accumulated over far too many years. (laughs) Great work. (laughs) Thanks, Mark. Well, that's it for this episode of Talking Law. We hope you found this episode useful and insightful. And if you'd like more information about this topic, then head over to our website at talkinglaw.com. where you'll be able to download a transcript of this episode as well as any contact details and additional information that we refer to. And if you'd like to get in contact with our guest today and the services they offer, you can go ahead and check out our show notes for those details. And of course, if you're interested to talk to any of our lawyers about anything relating to this topic, then just head over to our website at www.aspectlegal.com where you can book immediately a free 15-minute discussion with our legal eagles at any time that works for you. Of course, there's also a booking form in our show notes as well. And if you haven't yet, then please consider subscribing to Talking Law on your favourite podcast player to get a notification straight to your phone whenever a new episode is out. We'd also love to hear your feedback, so please leave us a review and rating if you're a subscriber or even if you're listening to this podcast for the very first time. Well, that's it. Thanks again for listening in. This has been Joanna Oki and Talking Law, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. I am so very excited to announce that I've hit a non-podcast-related milestone and released a book. You might wonder why? Simple. I wanted to help business owners understand the mechanics of deal-making and the interaction between three critical phases of business, acquisition, growth, and exit. And so I am very happy to announce Buy, Grow, Exit, a guidebook for business owners and their advisors on how to buy, grow, and guess what, exit in a way that maximizes value and avoids landmines along the way. The book is available now, so just head over to buygrowexit.com.au to get your copy and to access a whole heap of free resources that will really help you on your journey of acquisition, growth, and exit in your business or in working with your clients. Also check out our show notes where we will link straight through to that page. 
Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au.